0: Welcome to Food Farm Talk on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and online and on podcast anywhere in the world. And we do have listeners all over. Today's show is the first of two on sustainable use of fertilizers in agriculture. Today we'll talk about the 4R system, which is designed to help farmers manage fertilizers both economically and environmentally. R's stand for right source, right rate, right time, and right place. My name is Paul Smith, one of the hosts of Food Farm Talk, along with Abdul Rahim Abdulai and Emily Duncan. Fertilizer is fundamental to agriculture and it's key to feeding the burgeoning world population. Food production has been revolutionized by modern fertilizers. Nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are often the focus of uh, research. Other elements are important as micronutrients at lower levels. Agronomists call these crop nutrients. Yet fertilizer and nutrient use can have unintended effects on soil ecosystems, water quality, greenhouse gas emissions, and other environmental features. So sustainable use of fertilizer is a key issue in farm sustainability, locally and globally. A runoff of phosphorus from fertilizers contributes to harmful algae blooms in Lake Erie and other water bodies around the world. Use of nitrogen fertilizer can contribute to greenhouse gas emissions from crop agriculture. So the 4R Nutrient Stewardship Program brings together the science and industry program to effectively manage fertilizers in crop production. Implementing this 4R's best management system uh, leads to more efficient management of the inputs and greater profit. This ensures that farmers can get the most out of each acre, increasing return on fertilizer. Lots of great science on fertilizer and nutrient management for crop production comes from Guelph here. Such as the work of Claudia Wagner Riddle and Ivan O'Halloran and many others. This first episode on fertilizer talks about how fertilizers are managed and how the 4R system works, how it developed, the science behind it, and who the different players are. The public may think farmers do all their work on their own, and they often are very independent minded, but There are many kinds of advisors that farmers use to help them run their farm businesses. Agronomists are one such advisors, and most people have no idea what an agronomist is. Next week, we'll look at the environmental issues the 4Rs helps address and some of the research that's gone into it. So make sure to tune in for that one too.
1: delve into for our fertilizer and nutrient stewardship today. We're talking with Mackenzie Smith, who's director of stewardship and regulatory affairs at Fertilizer Canada in Ottawa, and Nicole Penny of FS Partners out of Guelph. So we've asked Mackenzie and Nicole to participate today because the for our system was sponsored by the fertilizer industry and it's implemented through agronomists that advise farmers about their uh, use of fertilizers and crop production. So thanks for joining us, Mackenzie and Nicole. No problem. No
2: problem. Thank you.
1: Why don't we start out with each of you kind of briefly introducing yourselves uh, and your organizations and tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be in your job. So let we start with Mackenzie.
3: Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, thanks, Paula, and thank you for the invitation to speak today about uh, foreign nutrient stewardship in Ontario. Uh, it's my pleasure to join. So, uh, my name is Mackenzie Smith, as mentioned, and I'm Director of Stewardship and Regulatory Affairs at Fertilizer Canada. Uh, I'm from a small town just outside of Ottawa. I did not grow up on a farm, but I had some some friends that had farms and, and was great in that area. Uh, of the Ottawa Valley, and and I moved to the city um, right after high school to complete both my uh, Bachelor of Science and Master's of Science in Chemistry at Carleton University, and uh, through a connection at the university there, I started off with fertilizer Canada right after school, uh, right after my Master's degree where I started off with an internship with the Soil Conservation Council of Canada. Uh, and so uh, for those that don't know, and as mentioned, Fertilizer Canada is an industry association. We represent um, fertilizer manufacturers, distributors,
2: retailers. Great. Nicole? Hi. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank you for this invitation as well. So it's exciting to talk about what we're doing in the industry, especially with the 4Rs. Lots of exciting new things happening. So. Uh, as mentioned, I'm Nicole Penney. I am the Precision Ag Manager with SS Partners. Um, I grew up on a, a farm up in Bruce County and have just always had an interest in agriculture, which led me to the University of Guelph. So, uh, I was graduated in 09 and have been working in agronomy ever since. Started in research and um, have been with uh, retailers in the last eight, nine years now, and with FS Partners for five and a half. Um, so, as mentioned, FS Partners is the Ontario Retail Division of Growmark, so serving farmers across central and southern Ontario with agronomy, energy, and grain marketing products and services. And as it pertains to our discussion today, we have crop specialists on staff working directly with farmers soil testing and advising on fertilizer recommendations, along with our custom app business where we are applying those nutrients directly to the field in accordance to the 4Rs. We're also participating in the 4R Retailer Certification Program and have three of our five agronomy hubs uh, now certified on that program, which is really exciting.
1: Cool. Okay, thanks thanks both of you. Um, Let's start off with some of our listeners who will not really understand much about fertilizers being you know, urban dwellers. So perhaps Nicole you can give our listeners a kind of a two minute primer on the types of fertilizer used in agriculture and the purposes yeah. of the different kinds of fertilizers.
2: Okay. Well, I'd say first off of the bat, think of fertilizer as plant food. So just like us plants need nutrients to grow and be healthy. And so we apply these nutrients or fertilizer to the soil so that the crops can grow and be healthy. So um, we also need to replenish those nutrients in the soil. A lot of them are naturally there in the soil. uh, And then the plant takes those nutrients up. And so we need to make sure that we are replacing those nutrients um, that the crop is removing. So in agriculture, fertilizers is really refer to any compound containing one or more elements or nutrients that's necessary for plant growth and production, which we then place on the soil or we incorporate into the soil for plant growth. So there's different types of fertilizers that we use that uh, include manure from livestock or there's commercial fertilizer which is the most commonly used here in Ontario and what we'll be focusing on today in our discussion. Um, There's many nutrients that are essential to plant growth, which is what makes up our fertilizer, essentially. So there's three basic plant nutrients or macronutrients, which include nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So these are macronutrients as they're used or needed in relatively large amounts, so our macronutrients, NP and K. We then also have our secondary nutrients, which are sulfur, magnesium, and calcium, and then micronutrients, which are required and applied in relatively small amounts. So distribution is extremely important during application as it's just such a small amount of these micronutrients that are needed for crop growth. So it could just be one pound of, uh, of fertilizer or that nutrient that needs to be spread across a whole acre. And I'm sure we'll get into that discussion in a little bit. Um, So when it comes to fertilizers, uh, they must show a guaranteed nutrient analysis, which states the content of the three main nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And it's shown in a series of three numbers. So those numbers show the percent of each material or the ratio of those three key nutrients nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and are always listed in that order. So for an example, for those of you unfamiliar with fertilizer, um, an example would be at your garden center at a local store. You'll see fertilizer there for your lawn or flower beds, and it's the exact same uh, theory and and product, essentially. Um, So if you had an analysis of 10, 10, 10 on a bag, it means that that bag contains ten percent of each material, so ten percent
1: nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. I don't think the goal cool. so that is a good entry point into fertilizers. So if we start to talk about the four R system, it's based on kind of simple principles if you like, that I mean, for communication purposes as much as anything, but kind of the right source at the right rate, the right time and the right place. But that's the simple part and it's complicated because agriculture is complicated and there's many commodities and soil types and topography and equipment and so on. So can you describe the those principles behind the 4R system and how you operationalize them in a the system? Um,
3: Thanks, Paul. I'll, I'll start off with sort of a general idea of what is meant by 4Rs and, and where it comes from, and, and then pass the, the mic over to Nicole to dive a bit deeper into some of the specifics. But 4R uh, nutrient stewardship is, is an innovative approach uh, to fertilize your best management practices, and it's internationally recognized. Um, across the globe. So, here in Canada, we have various programs and, and branding um, specific for Canadian agriculture, but it, it is an internationally um, applied principle and, and framework. Um, the approach is important to remember that it considers uh, not only the economic benefits of best management practices for fertilizer, but also environmental and social uh, benefits uh, as a whole. Um, and it's essential in, in reaching sustainability for agricultural systems from a from a nutrient management standpoint. Uh, and so, ac- across the country and with uh, different province, uh, provinces that we're engaged with, uh, the agriculture industry, government, conservation authorities, especially in Ontario, have have come together and committed to sustainable food production. And, for ours is mentioned in, in various plans like the Canadian Ontario Lake Erie Action Plan. Um, And what we feel is that For Nutrient Stewardship provides not only a science-based framework for this, but also brand recognition to be able to communicate to the public and other stakeholders that uh, nutrients are being managed, that this is being implemented, it's being validated, and that we're helping to communicate those efforts as well. So uh, as you mentioned, Paul, the concept is simple from a communication standpoint, apply the right source of nutrient at the right rate, the right time and in the right place um, but as nicole knows probably better than i and, and we'll get into <laughs> a, a bit more um the implementation is, is fairly knowledge intensive it's site specific and, and specific to even a, at a farm level so uh, the right source to us means ensuring a balanced supply of essential plant nutrients including uh, but not limited to granular liquid uh, fertilizers or manures uh, the right rate is applying just enough fertilizer to meet the needs of the plant while also accounting for the nutrients that already are available to the crop uh, in the soil. And then the right time means applying fertilizer when a plant can get the most benefit and also avoiding time, therefore, uh, when fertilizer can be easily lost to the environment, say, after a rainfall or, or on frozen ground. And similarly, and I laugh, the right place is uh, where a plant can easily use it and access this and then it's uh, less likely for it to be lost, the nutrients to be lost through different pathways to uh, either air or water, and, and this often takes into account rooting systems and,
2: and crop types. So I'll stop there and pass the floor to uh, Nicole. Okay, so as Paul mentioned, he's absolutely right in hearing that agriculture is complex and every crop is different and has different needs and production practices. Soil type or soil test, um, the available nutrients in each field is different, and even within each field you can have extreme variabilities, as, as Mackenzie mentioned, uh, managing it site-specific. So that's what makes the 4R so great and extremely important. It really comes down to that record-keeping and managing each field accordingly. Uh, 4R nutrient stewardship requires that implementation of best management practices that optimize efficiency of fertilizer use so as an example I can take you through each of those four R's um, into some examples of what some best management practices may be so our first R is right source and as McKenzie mentioned that has to do with matching your fertilizer source with crop needs and, and even crop safety so One example of this is really knowing your plant-available formulation. So for the most part, nutrients that are applied are either in a plant-available form or in a form that converts into a plant-available form over time through reactions in the soil. So we should be recognizing various nutrient formulations and understand when to use which formula. Um, Moving on to our second, R, right time, we need to ensure that we're applying fertilizer to coincide with plant takes. So especially for nutrients that are mobile in the soil and can be easily lost to the environment. So nutrients such as nitrogen, sulfur and boron are, are move quite a bit in the soil or have that ability to move in the soil. So those nutrients should be applied to match the seasonal crop nutrient demand. So that could depend on planting date, plant growth characteristics, uh, perhaps they have a sensitivity to deficiencies at a particular growth stage, uh, and so on, lots of uh, criteria to think about when, when planting the right time. So an, ex- or an example or best management practice in this would be for corn. Um, so looking at that nutrient uptake curve for nitrogen in, in corn, the demand for nitrogen isn't too high during the first 40 days or so in that vegetative growth stage. So we can just apply a small amount of nitrogen at planting, and then the remainder of the crop needs we can apply later on in the season by side dressing or top dressing, basically spreading the rest of your nitrogen needs across the field in season, just before tassel which is going to spread your risk of nitrogen loss. It also assures adequate nitrogen for the corn crop during that rapid uptake. Phase. You can also go back to our first our source and treat the nitrogen you're using with a nitro- nitrogen stabilizer like agritain, which reduces losses due to volatilization. So that's loss of nitrogen through the conversion of ammonium to ammonia gas, which is released to the atmosphere. So you can see that all of these, um, after the, the third R is our right place. So we also need to consider where our plant roots are growing. So certain nutrients need to be placed where they can be taken up by those growing roots when they are needed. So an example would be when you band phosphorus, or you could put phosphorus right with the seed depending on the crop, uh, when you're planting. So that phosphorus is in the right place when the crop needs it. Uh, I also work heavily in in Precision Ag, and uh, Precision Ag really incorporates nicely into the 4Rs, especially with that right place and right rate in the 4Rs. So um, it all starts with soil sampling, And before our nutrient stewardship initiative recommends that nutrient uh, recommendations should only be made from soil tests that are recent. So it's very science-based and just makes sense that we are creating our our fertility recommendations based off of a soil test specific to that field. And we can go as far as uh, analyzing different areas of the field or site-specific across the field to see that variability and give Give fertility recommendations accordingly so our soil is is definitely our largest asset and we don't want to just invest blindly into it so a great example i like to use with farmers is that you wouldn't just blindly take out hundred dollar bills from your bank account without checking to see what your statement balance is balance is so soil sampling really gives us that snapshot like a bank statement so that we can...
1: that's great actually it gives you a really good uh Indication of how complicated it is when you're trying to (laughs) have a prescription field by field by field, right? Mm -hmm. All the different considerations and and sources and so on. And then the weather comes in, right? (laughs) Yes. And then
2: your plan completely changes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If it's snowing or not, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Welcome
1: to snow this morning. Yeah. So the 4R system's been around for a while, and obviously you're in that theme of adaptation, you uh, know, it was first developed in the United States and with a bit of a longer history there. Maybe you can talk to us about uh, how that development of a system for, for Canada and then you kind of customize it for different provinces within uh, Canada as well. So.
3: In ontario that's been uh, a group now for about six years going on seven um, is a dynamic uh, collaborative group that we we call the for ontario steering committee this is made up of ourselves at fertilizer canada other industry folks um, like retailer representatives like Nicole, the ontario agribusiness we also have uh, governments Uh, being OMAFRA and Ministry of Environment that sit at the table. Uh, We include conservation authorities being the Nature Conservancy and representatives from Conservation Ontario, as well as scientific and technical experts. So we really feel at Fertilizer Canada that it's important to get a diverse and regional engagement from uh, a wide variety of perspectives and representatives, and so this group is really what directs and leads the for our initiatives in the province and and when the program for certification uh, came out in ohio it was of interest to our group to mirror those efforts and show uh, alignment and collaboration with our our neighbors uh, south of the border and uh, collaboratively work and showcase our efforts towards the long-term positive improvement of the water quality of the great lakes and, and specifically lake erie Um, So as most on the phone know, Ontario represents a large portion of Canada's most viable and productive cropland, but it's also been a a leader over the last, well, specifically in this space over the last six, seven years in nutrient planning and crop production, and, and the provincial government has recognized this as a valuable tool for meeting the province's agriculture and environmental goals, so not only is there uh, the 40% reduction of, of phosphorus loading in Lake Erie by 2025, but there's also goals to increase agricultural productivity uh, as well, and Florida Nutrient Stewardship offers a way to, to accomplish both. Uh, for our Certification Program was launched uh, late 2018, in the fall of 2018, and since then, we're happy to say that we have uh, 31 uh, retail locations that have gone through a pre-audit, which is basically step one, of the program and we now have 17 locations that have uh, successfully completed their audit to become for certified.
1: Okay. Thanks, McKenzie. It's good to hear about all the partners involved and, and so on. So obviously from what McKenzie said, this uh, our certification system emphasizes training and expertise for agronomists who advise farmers about crop production. And our listeners may not understand how that works. A farmer may also be an agronomist, so they may have developed their own plan. But often, it's uh, an advisor to a farmer to to develop the plan. So, can you talk about uh, uh, that relationship?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, like you mentioned, uh, a farmer can definitely be their own agronomist. Um, I can speak to. The agronomist role that I am in at a, working for a retailer, um, as an agronomist, you spend most of your time advising farmers on agronomic practices specific to their operations and the crops that they grow, the specific crops, uh, to achieve their optimal results with the best economic return in mind and as well as keeping in, in mind that environmental sustainability aspect. So we're constantly conducting trials or communicating with researchers to Learn the best ways to manage pests that could affect your farmer's crops. So, um, or maybe it snowed on May 11th, and you need to go (laughs) to the wheat crops out there. Um, We're identifying those uh, potential issues in the field, and then coming up with recommendations to hopefully mitigate those issues in season. Um, Nutrient management and stewardship is. Is obviously a big part of the agronomist role and and what we're talking about today so looking at that, that planning and implementing practices designed to manage crop nutrition for the improved efficiency of their crop production systems and optimizing the nutrient use so really advising farmers on nutrient recommendations according to their soil tests, their soil types crops Achievable yields, um, those are all part of the the standards in the retailer certification that Mackenzie just took us through. Um, So we we like to work with our growers to collect their yield data at harvest, understand what their fields are actually capable of yielding, um, having all of those documents. And so there's lots of crop planning during the winter months as an agronomist. So in most cases, agronomists have a science degree, and so I I did a a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture at the University of Guelph, and then a lot will go on to obtain their Certified Crop Advisor designation, or CCA. So that's a professional designation that's designed to provide a benchmark for practicing agronomy. So to become certified, you must pass both an international and an Ontario-based exam There's also specialty certifications that you can obtain. So one being the 4R nutrient management specialty, which is another written exam to obtain that nutrient management specialty.
1: That's great. Actually, it's it's good to want to convey to the listeners the the complexity of of advisors that farmers use to to carry out their business, because I don't think that's generally appreciated. So moving on. So the 4 R's is kind of a way to use crop planning to integrate both the economics of crop production with environmental concerns. Hopefully using uh, fertilizer more efficiently suggests that the farmers are getting a cost savings from, from doing this. But obviously undertaking this kind of planning is more work involved. So can you talk about uh, the whole issue of costs of 4Rs and the cost savings that come, might come about? and
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Paula. Um, I think first, I I do want to just reiterate and agree with you that it's uh, the poor nutrient stewardship isn't one or the other, you know, it's both the economic and environmental benefits, hopefully, and it's it's a win-win. But interestingly, on the topic of economics in our our last fertilizer use survey that we conducted this year, we, we have a sample of 500 Ontario um, corn soybean growers uh, specifically for this province, but we do survey elsewhere um, as well across the country. But it was interesting that when we asked growers uh, across the board what's the number one benefit of 4R to them, uh, they answered by far that it was an economic return. Um, but then, when we asked growers if they aren't doing 4 for our, what's the main barrier to adopting for our implementing it? And it was cost implications. <laughs> so it's very interesting to me that it's sort of it's a it's a long-term game. And I'm sure Nicole can appreciate this. You know, sometimes <laughs> you have to put in a lot of time and maybe purchase more equipment or um, hire a, an agronomist at the retail location, something like that. That is going to have a cost up front, but it's an investment, and and we really look at it as an investment. And and growers spend, I think their their highest uh, input cost is fertilizer. And So looking at how we can secure that investment and and make sure it gives the most back um, as possible in terms of uh, increased crop production and yields, and, and therefore an economic return may take, you know, a a few years. But I I do think it's interesting in looking at the barriers to adoption and then sort of the benefit coming out of it. And so, um, yeah, I think offering proven practices, showcasing that they're science-based, having qualifications and and metrics to go behind some of the um, proven benefits of, of what for our best management practices can offer um, is really helpful from both an economic and, and environmental standpoint um, being, you know, I, I get into it a little bit into a further question, I think, uh, later on, but uh, in terms of, you know, if you're holding nutrients or ensuring that they stay on the field so the crop can access them, that is uh, offering an economic return, but it's also um, mitigating any in- environmental losses there. Um, I think, it, yeah, it's about thinking of the, the long term and looking at some of the proven benefits and uh, feeling assured that that investment, maybe the first year or two, is going to come back to offer a larger economic return as,
2: as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm. Nicole, you have I any think, thoughts about the economics? Yeah.
2: I definitely agree with everything Mackenzie said. Uh, just to give a specific example, I think soil sampling is a, a good fit here. Um, you're probably sick of me talking <laughs> about soil sampling. if my take-home message. <laughs> see, <laughs> just to get a soil sample all year. Um, so, farmers definitely need to pay for the, that soil sampling and then putting time into it with their agronomists to analyze those results and understand the soil types and nutrient levels or interactions. But through that time and investment, we're coming up with nutrient recommendations specific to the crop needs in that field, and it's all based on science. So we can prevent someone from over-fertilizing their crop or field, which saves them money on that fertilizer dollar, and we can all appreciate saving money is a good thing. Um, That also will prevent any potential losses to the environment, which is one of our end goals here as a community. So um, those are all good things from soil sampling. uh, Or perhaps without those soil tests, and professional recommendations, not enough fertilizer was being applied to the field. and so you also run the risk of potentially mining that soil, so to speak, um, and not providing enough nutrients to the crop for ultimate or optimal growth and yield. Um, so there's a lot of a lot involved behind the scenes and, and time, but it's it's all for the good in the end.
0: Yeah. Very good. So in today's episode, you've heard. A lot about fertilizers, all the factors that affect how they're managed to grow crops and the skills and knowledge needed to plan for sustainable fertilizer use. Hopefully you understand a bit more now about the right source at the right rate, at the right time and the right place. Next week, we'll look at the environmental issues the 4Rs helps address and some of the research that's gone into that. So make sure to tune in for that. Thanks to Mackenzie Smith and Nicole Penny for coming on the show today to uh, share their knowledge. If you have any thoughts or observations on the show, please post them to our social media feeds at Food Farm Talk on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening and stay safe. (laughs)